Hello, welcome to Going Deeper with God. My name is Andrew Page. I'm part of the teaching team at Above Bar Church in Southampton. Um, Going Deeper with God is an opportunity to get to know God better by studying the Bible together. I I think studying the Bible is something a lot of Christians don't really do. Uh, Maybe they read the Bible, but they don't really study it, dig into it. Well, that's what we want to do in Going Deeper with God. So you're very welcome. Um, Going Deeper with God, uh, we started a new series last week in Paul's letter to the Philippians. So it'd be great if you turn to that. Um, We're coming today to the second passage, which is chapter one of Philippians, verses 12 to 26. And the the series title is Joy and the Gospel, because joy and the gospel are linked. The more gospel centred we are, the more joy we will experience as believers in Jesus. We're going to sing, start by singing together uh, to Jesus and about Jesus and worshipping Jesus. Uh, even if you don't want to sing out loud, uh, please be worshipping Jesus uh, in your heart as you listen to this and hear this. Let's sing, My Jesus, My Saviour. Shelter Tower 
Isn't it great to have Jesus as our saviour? We're going to read the passage. Uh, It's Philippians chapter 1, verses verses 12 to 26. Uh, The title we've given this passage is What Paul Lives For. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ... What has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. That's Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 26. What Paul lives for. Let's pray together. Father, it's true, all of our days, we want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. 
Thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of this uh, this series, we've called it Joy and the Gospel, because the two are linked. And last week we looked at the first 11 verses of the letter and we saw Paul's passion. We see how we saw how he loves the Christians in Philippi. And that made us want to love one another better, didn't it? It did that for me anyway. And actually, that theme goes on in verses 12 to 26. Once again, in verse 12 to 26, Paul doesn't tell the Christians in Philippi to do anything. He's just introducing himself. He's just talking about what's what his heart is full of. And his heart is full of love. This is what he lives for. Last week we saw it. He loves Christians. This week we're going to see, see there are two other areas where Paul's love just overflows. And I think it's infectious. It makes me want to love as well. So let's be open to the Holy Spirit and be asking him to speak into our lives. So firstly, in verse, verses 12 to 18, Paul loves the gospel. Verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Uh, Paul is under house arrest, probably. There's a soldier with him the whole time. And yet he's not moaning. He's not complaining. He's actually saying, actually, this is quite good. Because of what's happened to me, people are talking about the gospel. People are talking about my message, the message about Jesus. Uh, it's there. What has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Verse 12, verse 13. It's 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 through. It's clear to the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. So the soldiers um, are saying to one another, why, why, is, why is Paul here? Why is Paul under house arrest? It's because he keeps going on about his gospel. What's his gospel about? What's his message about? Oh, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus, his life and his death. And he says that Jesus rose from the dead. They're talking about the gospel. And Paul hears that and thinks, that's great. Can you see how Paul loves the gospel? I think it's great. And it's not just the soldiers. It's other people, too, have heard about Paul and they've started saying, well, what does this Paul believe? Why is he under house arrest? So they're talking about the gospel. And that makes Paul's heart glad. Can you see how he loves the gospel? Now, of course, there are some people preaching the gospel for wrong motives. Look at verse 15. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. So some people are talking about the gospel because they think the more we talk about this the more trouble Paul is probably going to get in now look how Paul reacts to that verse 18 but what does it matter 
<laughs> He's not bothered at all if people are preaching the gospel or talking about Jesus for the wrong reasons. Verse 18, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. He loves the gospel. It's all that matters. It's the, he, he's so excited when people are talking about Jesus. Even if they don't believe in Jesus, he thinks it's great that they're talking about Jesus. And look what he says uh, in the middle of verse 18. And because of this, I rejoice. He's rejoicing. He's full of joy. Can you see joy and the gospel are linked again? Because the gospel is being spoken about, because Jesus is being talked about, Paul experiences joy. He loves the gospel. I don't know about you, but uh, the danger is if the longer you're a Christian, the danger is that the gospel becomes something where you think, well, I know that already. And the enthusiasm, the excitement, the astonishment uh, kind of dissipate. They disappear and you end up saying, well, yes, I still believe the gospel, but there's no excitement anymore. You don't love the gospel anymore. So when I read these verses, verses 12 to 18, I find myself looking at the Apostle Paul and I think I want to pray. I want to pray for me and I want to pray for you that our love for the gospel will grow, that we will be excited about the gospel. No one would ever have have dreamt up this gospel, invented this gospel. This is God's message. It's the only message that saves people. It's the only message that brings us forgiveness of sins. And it is fantastic good news. And it is so extraordinary that the eternal Son of God became a human being and died on the cross for our sins. Hallelujah. Oh, let's love the gospel. If you're a truster in Jesus, if you've turned from your sins and you trust in Jesus, let's love the gospel. And let's be asking God to put a new love for the gospel in our hearts. Wouldn't that be great? So there we are. This is what Paul lives for. He loves the gospel. We saw last week he loves Christians. And now we've seen he loves the gospel. But there's a third area of love, and you may have already guessed what it is. Secondly, today in verses 18 to 26, Paul loves Jesus. Of course, this is what comes now. Paul loves Jesus. The key verse here is verse 21. It's the probably the most well-known verse from the whole of this letter. Verse 21, Paul says, For to me, to live is Christ." And to die is gain. <laughs> For me to live is Christ. I can't imagine life without Jesus. Even if I had all the other things I've got, my friends, uh, my family, my possessions. If I didn't have Jesus, it wouldn't really be life. For me to live is Christ. And also for me, says Paul, to die is gain. That's the end of verse 21. I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus face to face. When I die, I know I'm going to go to be with Jesus. I'm not hoping it in a vague kind of way. I know I'm going to be with Jesus because Jesus paid the price for my sins. Hallelujah. So I'm looking forward to going to be with Jesus. To die is gain. I'm going to be better off. 
after I've died, because I'll be with Jesus in a place where there's no pain and no suffering and no sin. Oh, do you see how Paul loves Jesus? And this this love for Jesus that he has creates a kind of tension in Paul's mind. Have a look at verse 22. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. That's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, in the end of verse, uh, in the middle of verse 22, he says, I don't know which to choose. I don't know whether to choose to stay here and serve you and teach and share, share the gospel with people or to die and go to be with Jesus. It's weird because it's not Paul's choice. <laughs> it's God who decides when we go to be with Jesus. But I think what he means is if, if God were to say to me, Paul, you choose. Do you want to stay or come to be with Jesus? I really don't know what I would say. I want to serve you. I want to preach the gospel. I want to help you to grow. But I also want to be with Jesus. I don't know which I choose. Actually, Paul is pretty sure that he is going to be released and that he's going to have freedom to do more preaching uh, and more sharing of the gospel. Look at verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. In other words, I'm not going to die soon. And I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. That's a lovely phrase, isn't it? What I want for you is your progress and joy in the faith. There's joy there again, connected with the gospel. So that through my being with you, verse 26, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Paul loves Jesus. Come back with me to the end of verse 18. It's the same thing. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death. He doesn't know whether he's going to die soon or not, but he, you see what his priority is? I think the end of verse 20 is extraordinary and wonderful. He says, whether I die or whether I live, I want Christ to be exalted in me. I want Christ to be lifted up. I want Christ to be honoured. Ah, oh, isn't that just a great attitude he has? You see how he loves Jesus? He wants Jesus to be lifted up. It's not about Paul. It's about Jesus. Jesus shall have the highest honour. Not one day, but now. Crown him with many crowns. Not one day. Now. My Jesus, my Saviour, now. Paul loves Jesus and he wants Jesus to be exalted. I, I Just studying this this week, it's made me realise a good prayer for me to pray, and I haven't prayed it, I think, for a long time, is, uh, Father, please let my life be one that exalts Jesus. 
that lifts Jesus up, that points other people to Jesus, Christians and not yet Christians, that points others to Jesus. I want Jesus to be exalted in me while I live and then when I die. <sighs> but do you see it? Paul loves Jesus. He's not about he's not ashamed about saying it. I love Jesus. And we ought to be open about it, too. So if I am allowed to cheat and tie in last week's passage as well, which is the first 11 verses, we see that Paul has love in three areas. And they are three areas of love where I want to grow. And I want to pray that God would help me to grow in these areas. Paul loves Christians. Paul loves the gospel. And Paul loves Jesus. Can I ask how you're doing? I mean, you may be feeling great at the moment or you may be feeling a bit flat. We all go through ups and downs. That's normal. But which of those three things do you think the Holy Spirit is maybe particularly nudging you about and saying, yeah, this is an area where you need to pray that God would work more in your life? Is it love for Christians? Is it love for the gospel? Is it love for Jesus? Yeah, I know we need all those three areas to grow. Obviously we do. But is there one particular area you want to major on and ask God to work a deeper love for Christians or for the gospel or for Jesus in your heart? And you could talk to another Christian, someone in your home group or someone who's not in your home group and say, what can I pray for you of those three loves which of those loves could I pray for you? And let me let me tell you which of those loves you could pray for me. Ah, oh, it would be just a great way to to pray for one another, to help one another. If we're praying that these loves will grow. I think the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Certainly he is. I hope he's speaking to you through this Bible passage. It is an extraordinary thing. The first chapter of the letter to the Philippians. I think the Holy Spirit is saying two things. He's saying, look at this man, Paul, look at him and love like this man. Love Christians, love the gospel and love Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the example of Paul. Thank you for his passion. Thank you for his love for Christians, for the gospel and for Jesus. And we pray for all of us that our love will grow in these three areas. We pray that we would pray that for ourselves and we pray that we would pray it for others. And we pray this so that Jesus will be exalted. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing again. It's a, it's a song about the gospel. That's the reason I love this song, because it's about the gospel. Um, and I love the gospel. You do too. But my love can grow. Uh, so let's sing this song, whether you sing it out loud or not, really doesn't matter. But please, let's all be singing it in our hearts. God gave us his son.
It's just so good to be a Christian. So let's hold out the word of life to people. Let's share the good news. Let's live for Jesus. And let's be praying that he will be exalted in our lives. A blessing as we finish. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.